and I always had an affinity to, to production. Whatever work I did, I was always the one who wanted to go to the printers. So I've always been very close to production. I like production. So this basically is now after the last, what, 25, almost 30 years working on screen, because I started in 85, my first Mac. That's almost 30 years now. Now I'm going back to, you know, touching things. There's, there's two differences um, between what we do here and what we've done on screen. Um, maybe I'll start with the physical. Uh, if I have uh, you know, a letter like this and a letter like this and I want to make it into a poster, I have stuff in between, the spaces, and they have to be filled. So you also have to touch the space. And, and everything you touch and put in the machine Afterwards, you have to clean it up and put it back again, put it back on the shelf or in the rack or whatever. So that's the first experience, you know. You don't just hit the button, delete, there's no delete. There is no return. You have to touch everything. You have to think about it, you have to plan a little more. Uh, and whatever you do is fairly permanent. So that's the practical thing, which is kind of unusual. Before you start work, you have to think of ideas that you can do with your material, but then the other way around, your material influences you, and that's for me the, 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 the philosophical difference. You can't just have any idea. You basically have a rough idea, and then you start working, and then the material shapes your idea. There's a certain size that the machine can do. There's always the time constraint, you know, suddenly it's dark out and you need to go home. Um, and you can't carry on at home because you don't have the stuff at home. I look at my drawer and I know what I have. What paper have I got, what machine have I got, what inks have I got, what type have I got. So it's kind of easy in a way. Whereas on the computer, oh my god, I got Photoshop, I can do images that didn't exist before. I can make photographs that are, look like paintings, or I can make paintings that look like photographs. I can make type that looks like images, I can make images that look like type. Here I can't. Uh, it's, a, it's a modular system. I have the same letters, I can make different words, but they're always the same letters. So the constraints are totally different and after 30 years on screen, most people find this interesting. There's, a, there's another part other than nostalgia and, and limitations and um, constraints that I enjoy. There is also the fact that I'm one of the very few survivors, I mean I'm 67 pretty much, of this technology. I learned this stuff way back when I was 16, 17 and then I went into photo setting and stuff and my generation is the last generation that has any contact. We have all the equipment because they don't break ever. We don't have the people anymore. So in a way I'm also carrying on the tradition in a limited way that if I bring people into here, younger people, who learn to use this equipment, who to work with these typefaces, uh, this great modular stuff, then um, you know that'll at least make some of this stuff survive. That is, after all, this is how Gutenberg printed 500 years ago. I mean, it hasn't changed very much because the invention, well, we always credit Gutenberg with the invention of printing. He didn't invent printing. That existed before. The Koreans did it, the Chinese did it. Gutenberg invented movable type. That you take a letter and you print a word from many letters and then you put the letters back in the shelf and then you bring them out again. So the same letter works in a hundred million different words, right? And that's what we do in here. Another thing which, which is part of the reason why it's come back into fashion a little bit, that you can see that it's been printed. 
When I learned as a, as a printer and typesetter, the type would have to kiss the paper. So there would be a slight impression, but only so slight. So you get a little uh, furry outline. It would be a little soft, which is what makes a letterpress so nice to the eye. Whereas, you know, what we see on the screen is incredibly hard. I buy books or get books from from slash about other designers. I am really not interested in their in their output because I've seen that elsewhere. How do you run a place with 100 people? How do you work with clients? How do you tell clients that you don't want to work for them? And what else do you do? What do you do when you go home? What do you do in your vacations? Uh, you know, have you got a family? How do they live with the fact that you work 24 hours a day? That sort of stuff is interesting for all of us. How do other people do it? So there's the person. The mensch. There's the an entrepreneur, you know, who builds me, who builds companies, or he, you know, we build companies, we make companies. We are managers, you know, we have a company that we have to run. Uh, then there's the designer, and then there's the networker, the communicator. Some people get work by by writing to clients. I've always got work through, like I don't know, I never know. I just know people. Uh, so it's net called networking, which I have never done intentionally, but I think I'm a born networker. I like to talk, and I'm interested in people. This wasn't plain sailing. The guy didn't say, I have a business plan and I do an Excel spreadsheet and next year I'm going to do 200,000, then 500,000, then I'm going to be rich and retire. It didn't work that way. It went all over the place, up and down, in, in and out, all sorts of stuff. I think a lot of people will find that more interesting than just a portfolio book. So don't, don't wait for pretty pictures. <laughs>